It's time for the straight skinny with the G-Man. Good morning. This is the G-Man from Pennsylvania. I won't get my exact city. I don't want to be tracked down by anybody at this point anyway. Uh, the straight skinny, uh, the historical reference of the straight skinny, it has many meanings, but the, really the gist, the core, is the unnaked, is the naked, unvarnished truth. And in today's world of, of chaos, we're trying to find some order, and in that we want the truth. It scares people they can't seem to find the truth. We're going to try and give it to them. And the G-Man is not a Harvard-educated magna cum laude, no. The G-Man is sort of John Q. Public, your neighbor you see out cutting the lawn, just a guy who has his own tilt and take on what's going on. What the G-Man says here in the opening monologue is, where is the truth to be found? Well, hopefully it's found here. We feel it can be found here. Out of chaos comes order, but it only comes there through conversation and compromise, whether it's friendships, relationships, business, politics, conversation and compromise, we need it. All right, we have some guests today coming on. We have Tommy Who's my best friend for the last 30 years? Tommy will be speaking to us. And we have Rod the Kiwi. Rod the Kiwi, the Kiwi, of course, is the Kiwi fruit. No, Rod is from New Zealand. Rod's had an interesting life and has changed horses in the middle of the stream. We'll get into that when Rod's on in a while. Okay. So let's get into it a little bit here. You know, they talk about trust. And I've had personal experience, and I'm sure most of you have, with trust issues. And I remember somebody saying to me once, it was a woman. Once you lose trust, it's hard to regain it. So in America's our institutions, people lose trust in some of them for whatever reason. It's hard to get it back. Let's try and reestablish it in a small way on this show. Let's see where Tommy is. Tommy's in Key West, which is a miracle of modern technology. We can talk to Tom. Are you there, Tom? G-Man was born the day after Christmas, and because of his close uh, relationship with Jesus, G-Man was given a lot of stuff by God at that day, December 26, 1949. And the G-Man, really, the term comes from my best friend, Tommy, who started calling me the G-Man 30 years ago, and I kind of adopted it, and as technology changed, it came, became my brand. So anyway, here we go. You can go to my website at jerrythegman.com, which is my entertainment career, which is acting and this and that and singing and all that jazz. So you'll learn more without me talking about it. Just go there and read it. It's got my bio there for my life. And uh, let's go on from here. All right, folks. We introduced the G-Man, and I'm Will. I'm his producer. So I'm sitting around the sidelines. But more importantly, I want you folks to know who this man is. I want you to understand his philosophy, what he does, and why he does it. So, G-Man, welcome to your first show. This is the, the inaugural show. By the way, I looked out in the audience, and you have many more people in the audience than Trump did. <laughs> Well, it depends which way you swing the camera. That is absolutely true. So, uh, G-Man, um, welcome back to the radio. I know you've been doing this, all this stuff from acting and performing and radio stuff for quite a lot of years. But um, why, why come back? And, and, and who are you anyway? Well, I feel compelled, like a lot of Americans, to speak out because I'm a little fearful, as many Americans are. Where do you find the truth? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of scary when you can't trust institutions you've trusted for decades. True. So as the world changes and cable to news is not trusted and the newspapers, are not, and where do you where do you get to try? How do you reestablish trust in the world? Good point. Who do you trust yeah. 
So the term the straight skinny comes from World War II. There's many origins, but the real one is World War II. The U.S. Marine Corps, when guys were in the foxhole saying, looking out at where the Germans are and saying, what's the skinny? What's going on today? Mm -hmm. So the skinny really is the naked truth. Now, I'm not Harvard educated. I'm not magna cum laude. I'm, I'm Jerry the G-Fan, okay? Mm -hmm. A term given to me by my best friend many years ago, and I've adopted it. But yeah, I'm John Q. Public. I'm not. I'm not. not a, I, I'm self-educated, but I have an opinion, like everybody's entitled to, as an individual in America. So, you know, the truth, the truth. Where do you find it? And trust. How do you reach that? Well, yeah, and I'll tell you the interesting thing is, is that you're right about the truth and and how it's all fake news. And you did mention the media, but I mean, originally it started off, and we all took it really as a a, a pretty standard that it was going to be the politicians that were always going to lie to us. We never thought it was different. AKA um, our good friend Will Rogers, which is who you uh, emulate, uh, getting in there and 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 exposing the politicians for who they were. Now those politicians and nowadays are the ones telling people that everything else is fake news. So with that being said, uh, we have now uh, uncovered that uh, we have, between social media and the media, determined that pretty much everybody's lying to you. So you're right. How do you, how do you, I ask you, G-Man, how do you, what is the essence of when you're staring at someone, what do you look for in someone that you would believe would be telling you the truth? Well, there's, there's an, I mean, I, I analyze people certain ways. Physically, I look at them. I try not to make assumptions like in the Toltec Wisdom books where they talk about the four agreements and they say agreement number three is yeah. important. If you can go through life and not make assumptions, ask questions, you'll find the truth. Now, you may think this guy is so-and-so, and then you talk to him for five minutes, you go, sheesh, that's the opposite of what I thought he was. So don't <laughs> make those assumptions. Right. Ask questions, get answers. Statistics don't lie. No. People but lie statistics don't lie. Yeah, you know, it's good that you said that, that you said ask questions, because I would say that most people um, really uh, would say, oh, well, how do I determine if someone's telling the truth or they're a truthful person? I would just, um, you know, I'd look at them and I and assess them and if they were this and that, and depending on what they said. And you actually said, I think, a key component that is not uh, around nowadays, which is asking questions, which is, as I always say, and, and and we're on. This is what the show is about, which is you know the straight skinny is is asking people and then listening to them. The art of conversation, which by the way is uh, has gone, but um, I'm glad that you're bringing it back uh, to be um, well, sexy. I, well, uh, no, the G man, I am the G man, and yes. I feel this way that you know out of out of chaos comes order. They say, but how does it occur? It occurs through conversation mm -hmm. and compromise. Right. You know, if you're going to go out to dinner with your wife, you don't go, hey, honey, we're going here. No, you say, honey, where would you like to Good go? Point. Where would you like to go? And it's conversation and compromise. Well, yeah, okay, right. we went there last time. Yeah. Whether it's a business relationship, a personal relationship, a friendship relationship, you must have conversation. And you got to compromise. You can't be intractable. You're right. Now, if I did that to my wife and said, we're going here, she'd beat me. She would just beat me. <laughs> well, you know, but no, getting back to trust. Trust is hard to get back once you lose it. So you got to strive for the truth. Yeah. You know, we learned about polling. I mean, my, one of my people I like to listen to occasionally, Tucker Carlson, talked about it this after Election Day a couple of years ago when he said all the pundits and the pollsters and the experts that people that Hillary and other politicians pay millions to, obviously they don't know what the heck they're talking about. Okay. Yeah. So people lost people lost not just not so much trust, but faith. They lost faith in these guys' accuracy. 
Well, well I yeah. think statistics, you know, people can lie and polls can be taken mm-hmm. a certain way for to get a tilt. Absolutely. Uh, statistics usually don't lie. Right. Well, that's you know, why you... About black, when you talk about the black issue in America and you say, well, in 1963, 21% of black families didn't, ha- you know, ha- only 20, 21%, you know, the father issue, where it was 21% black fathers. Now it's 76% blacks have no father to guide them. So they go to the gangs where their father image is there and the gang leader. Bad, bad scenario for the future. Right. But I think that you define, and we're going to come up with our guest here soon because he's in the queue. Um, I think you've defined something that's kind of important, which is the definition of truth and justice really starts as an individual. So I, that's, and again, when we talked about this show and bringing it to fruition, uh, that was one of the things you said is that, look, I can ask lots of people and do polls or I can just individually talk to people and feel how they're feeling. Because when you listen to one person talk to another in, i.e., a conversation, you find out lots of things that become easily the truth and uh, that you don't get when you say, well, we polled a massive amount of people. Well, with that as our questions, well, what people, what demographic, where'd you poll them? So the point is, is that that's what the G-Man and the straight skinny is doing is that one by one, um, you will help people uh, find the truth. Well, parents domesticate their children as youngsters the way their parents domesticated them, like pets, you know, right. punishment, punishment, reward. You're a good boy. You get a treat. You're a bad boy. You go to your room. You right. know? So you didn't finish your Brussels sprouts. Go to your room. So this domestication Parents domesticate their kids like they domesticate their pets. I'm sorry, it's well, true. Of course, well, of course, so they do they that with the media. The, no, they dangle a carrot. But yeah. the point is that you know that's the way we're raised. Yeah. And so we have these pre- preconceptions and these assumptions, and to to find the truth in yourself can be difficult because you're pre, you're kind of preordained to, to think a certain way. Yep. You know, you didn't choose your name, you didn't choose your parents, you didn't choose your religion, but at a certain point in your life, you have freedom of choice. Absolutely. Hey, with that being said, let's bring our guest on, if you don't mind. Tell us who this is. All right. We're here with Tom. I'm going to use first names only because in the modern world, we like to have a little privacy somewhere. So this is my personal best friend, Tom, who calls me his best friend and his arch enemy. Interesting concept. Tom, how are you doing today? Good morning, G-Man. I understand you're in a place where you're allowed to carry an alcoholic beverage on the street, and the cops say, "Hey, what's in that? That looks like a nice drink. What is that?" <laughs> well, if you hear a rooster crowing in the background, it's because I'm down in Key West right now. Have you seen any six-toed cats roaming around town? <laughs> yeah, sure. There's lots of six-toed cats down here. In fact, I... there's lots of cats down here in general. Two-footed cats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I bet. I bet. There's some probably some pretty interesting-looking people. There. Okay. Hey, hey, G-Man, I got to dive in right this second because because you just elicited a thought in a conversation from last night of interesting people. I just recently watched Men in Black for about the 10th time. I'm looking around Key West. I believe Men in Black is a true story, honestly. You look around and there's nothing but aliens down here. Well, they're from the other, they look like they came off a spaceship. You're right. <laughs> go to the fantasy every year they have the fantasy fest which is uh key west mardi gras and years ago the church complained about nudity and so they had their float the catholics had their float and nobody had any nudity well the next year they fired the catholic church from the parade and said we need nudity 
uh, the viewership is off. You know, people aren't coming, but at the nudity. So then they went back to the traditional fantasy fest. And I think it's November, end of November, Daniel. Yeah, well, fantasy fest is fantasy fest, and the Catholic Church is 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 running uphill if they're going to try to change that. They they, they should focus on other issues. You're like banning beads in New Orleans. You won't get away with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good, right? good luck. All right, Tom, give me a little bio on Tom. I know Tom's bio, but our listening audience goes, Tom who? Tell us about Tom. From Tom, well, let's, let's, let's give a range of age. Tom, from uh, the age of reason at seven, how he figured out where he was going, where he went, and where he is now, besides Key West. Uh, I don't know how to respond to that, G-Man. We're not going to start at age seven. Why don't we get current on this? How's that sound? All right. How about career? Firefighter. <laughs> All right. Firefighter, martial artist, businessman, business owner, and developer of uh, business and other projects. And the man who, when he cuts you off, like the Tommy, I call Tommy's phone conversations. He likes to talk in snippets for about two, three minutes, a couple bullet points, and then the guillotine effect. He doesn't say, hey, Jerry, it's been nice talking. He just says, gotta go, bang, and he just guillotine. <laughs> I call it the guillotine effect. Oh, he says, G-Man, off with your head. Okay. You'll appreciate that, Well, That's funny. Right, let's talk about the main course of action today. conversation is Tommy's investment ideas, especially Tommy's break guy regarding marijuana. All right, let's, let's, start out, so, let's start out. You, you talk, Tom. I want to get educated, and the audience wants to know about the, the straight skinny on marijuana. Okay. So, in the industry, they like to refer to it as cannabis now, um, but it, this is an interesting conundrum in time here. This is actually a time where the average Joe gets a shot, and I'm and I'm going to tell you why they get a shot, um, and it's become cocktail conversation almost anywhere you go and everyone either thinks they're going to be in it claims to know somebody going to be in it um, or is trying to get into it Uh, most aren't going to be successful as far as actively getting into the business we can touch on that later but there's a unique opportunity for people if they're patient and that is through publicly traded companies And the publicly traded companies started out in Canada. U.S. companies were getting Canadian um, CSX, Canadian Stock Exchange, uh, um, Toronto Stock Exchange, because the United States, because of the coal memo, they weren't allowed to touch anything cannabis. They weren't allowed to bank it, aren't allowed to sell the stocks, aren't allowed to have anything. So big corporations, corporate America, has been watching this through the glass. Now they have their face pushed to the window, but they're watching it through the glass. Um, if, you, if you call your broker, chances are your broker is going to say, we're not allowed to track it. We don't know anything about it. Click. So Soon. the average guy gets to get ahead of the pack on this. And by that, I mean, they get to do some smart investing in smaller cannabis companies that are going to grow rapidly. Um, And eventually, when it does become legal in the United States, then it will. And again, we can get to that topic in a minute. Okay. Well, I have an interesting question for you in your geographic area. There's a company, I'm not going to mention their name, but I'll put, Tommy will know when I say they're uh, over 100 years old. They're in the electricity business, union electricians. 
in the Atlantic City area, and they are building a facility to manufacture, you know, cannabis. Why, Tom, is, is a small local corporation over 100 years old venturing into this? Why? Because it seems in life when people say, hey, this is the hot thing, it's already too late. Well, you're probably talking about Calvi, correct? Oh, you gave their name out of it. <laughs> well, I can give it out because it's public information, Jimin. I mean, they're a matter of public re- record press releases and the like. Okay. Um, but, but, but that's an individual who happens to own the company. The individual is actually going after it. But that takes me back to my initial statement. It, it's, it's cocktail talk at, at, at every party. Everybody either knows, thinks, or, or, or thinks they know someone who's going to be in at the cash register side of this industry. Let me ask you an important question, Tom. We talked about this briefly last night in preparation. What are your feelings towards, you know, federal authorization for legalization and recreational use nationwide versus the state's rights? We are a republic. To regulate it, and then to, are they putting the cart before the horse by saying, yeah, we'll legalize it, and then... Oh, by the way, how do we enforce it on a traffic stop? Is this guy under the influence or is he not? You can't smell his breath. You can sort of smell the smoke in his car, but can you smell his breath? You know, it's a little different uh, animal. Well, well, that exists today. (laughs) I mean, you know, uh, none of us believe there's no cannabis floating around today as we speak. So that's been a, a past problem, present, future. That is what it is. Well, how many trillions were, were spent fighting the drug war? And there are bad drugs, heroin, opioids, yes. But people may, obviously, legalization is coming eventually. I don't know when. Yeah, well, your crystal ball will tell me what you think, how many years. I know what I think, and then what Will thinks, how many years it's going to take. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, do, is it like the abortion thing where the states have rights, the feds have rights, this, that? But no, politicians have finally figured out if Americans want something like the Volstead Act in 1919, the 18th Amendment, which was repealed 14 years later. It spawned organized crime. It made Joe Kennedy, by the way, very rich. So now they just want to tax it. They're, give, they're giving up the fight, and they should on pot. The other stuff, keep it up. Well, back to your initial question. What, what do I think the government may do about this? What I think is this. Trump isn't blind to business or practicalities on this. What I think, first of all, Jeff Sessions is gone. What I think a very good chance, a very good strategy for the next presidential election would be for Trump to say, to come out in front of this and say, we're going to repeal the coal memo. Well, let me, let me say this. After I am elected, post-election, I promise to repeal the coal memo, which means that banks can bank uh, the proceeds from marijuana and things like that. They're going to deschedule it from the Schedule One drug uh, to a minor drug. So picture this. Trump comes out and says, I'm going to let states decide we're going to get the federal government off of it. After I win my second term as president, it's a brilliant move. You're going to bring a lot of Democrats over to vote for Trump on this only issue for them to vote for Trump. Common ground, common sense. Can I throw something out, guys? Please, work. So, um, you know, I, I had had this conversation briefly with uh, with Tommy uh, in preparation of the show, getting him ready for your show, G-Man. So I had said that, uh, you know, when I was younger, uh, much younger, um, I spent my 
I guess I would then say my, today, ju- yeah, my, 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 my junior high school and high school days, pretty much high. And back then, and that was the uh, late 80s, early 80s, late 80s, uh, we had leaf. It was like, you know, you got, you smoked weed and whatever. It was fine. Um, but nowadays, and I'll tell you, I fast forward to recently, and this is not a story that everybody knows, but now that it's going to be on uh, international radio, I guess everybody will know, is that I decided to yeah, go right. by, yeah, I went by a, um, uh, a dispensary. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm going to try this. I'm going to get something. And I'm just going on a trip to go to, uh, to somewhere. It was like six hours away. And uh, they, the woman said, here, if you don't want to smoke it, you want this. So now, you know, of course they have edibles and everything. I mean, I think he, they have pretty much anything you want to get high with. And so right. I'm like, great, I don't want to smoke it. So she says, here's a Rice Krispie. And it has like a square. It's the size of your wallet. And the, the, I'm going to get to a question here. Uh, and it, it says 30 something. And I'm like, what's the 30 mean? She goes, it's been like 30, it's like 30 bites. You can take 30 of these and you'll be able to get high. I'm like, okay, cool. And the strength, she goes, hey, you know, it's like pretty good. So anyway, I decide that I'm going to just take a teeny bit of it to try it. I mean, like the size of a dime. I have to tell you, um, 28 hours, <laughs> 28 hours later, 28 hours later, I'm not kidding you. I'm like, oh my God, I'm still, I mean, I, for the first 10 hours, I was uh, pretty much drooling on myself and had to pull over. <laughs> I got to my location and I was like, huh. I am high and it's 10 hours later. Now, here's my question to you guys. That was the Reader's Digest version. Tommy got the funnier version, but. I did. It was a funny, it's a funny story, Well, Yeah, but the, but the bottom line is, G-Man, is, is that, and, and here's the question I ask is, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's just too strong now. Is that going to be an issue going forward well it's funny that you know i have some friends who i have some friends who uh, currently deal illegally in this i can't mention their name on the air god forbid but the point is they have names for it like the one guy was crooked quick crooked dirty diesel I mean, what is this the name of a band <laughs> so they have bags in their in their house where they distribute this stuff to the locals and as the bag has they all have names they make up names for this right of course they do but kind now of, it's hybrid cool. it's like but now when it's the hybrid. Out, people, when, when the Beatles came out of England, people said the Beatles. What the, what the hell's a Beatle? Yeah. No, I, I get. It. But my po- my point on that question is, it, it it's now hybrid. It's not it's not your dad's weed, and right. it's, the, pure, it's pure. It's way purer now. It's way purer, and they again they have uh, developed it into uh, you know a super weed. And the problem yep. with the super yep. weed is, is that are we going to be dealing with, uh, you're talking about people pulling over and seeing if you can smell it. You're eating it. You, you, you can't smell it. They're going to make it smell like uh, your favorite breath mint. And the well, they have marijuana butter. They have marijuana butter. I know they do. I know they do. So the Well, Will, is, you raised an interesting point with that. The, 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 the levels are so high now and the THC is so well synthesized that it's rocket fuel. And you're right. Your dad's weed was yeah. smoked a half a joint. Maybe you get a good buzz. Maybe you don't. Yeah, laugh, eat, and go to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, what, what Will is saying is uh, plan 24 hours ahead if you're going to smoke. You won't be doing stuff but sitting around looking, you know, looking at your navel. In. Yeah, that's exactly. I have to be honest with you. I, I, you know, Part of the story I omitted was I sat in my car for about an hour pretty much staring forward going, 
Am I going somewhere right now? You know, that's an issue. <laughs> I mean, that's an issue, guys. I mean, the, the it fact was like is... It's like an out-of-body experience. It's like an out-of-body experience. It, it, it was more than that. I was looking at some from some uh, someone else's bodies, and I was just sitting there going, <laughs> this is just not even... I The, the point and the uh, the reasoning behind my question is, and, and and I had said this, and actually Tommy had said, it's like, hey, you'll... you'll it's like It's like drinking tequila too much. Will you ever do it again? No, you can't even stand the smell of it. And, right. and, and now, now, when you're hugging the, not when you're hugging the toilet three in the morning. Yeah, that's true. Well, there it is. And so my thing was, I wasn't hugging the toilet, but for 28 hours, I was walking around going, "I'm not a real. I'm not part of the society, and that's a problem." And look, I'm right. all about well, having yeah. fun. But listen, be honest, guys. Tommy and Will, be honest. How many times have you made love to the toilet and said, "If I survive tonight, because the room's spinning, I'll never do it again." I got one foot, one foot up on the wall in bed here to try and yeah. stop the spinning. I hear I'll you. never do this again if you let me live. And the next day, you do it again. Why? Well, yeah, and that's the problem you face with this uh, available to everybody stuff. And again, it's not like I think it was great, better when one, it wasn't as strong, and two, you had to really go down to the end of the street and you know uh, pretend you're giving someone a bag of Cheetos. Uh, the point is, <laughs> no, I mean the point is, is that now my question <laughs> to you guys is, uh, yes, is it too strong? And number two, they look, I'm walking through every California um, uh, shop in the world, whether well, it's Walker. Uh, you're not choking, are you? <laughs> <laughs> don't choke, buddy. No, no, not no. on your own show. But listen, yeah, listen. I'm walking. I don't smoke. No, I don't smoke on the air. Yeah, right. There you go. He's got it. He's uh, anyway. You know, you're getting high if you cough. That's the point. But nowadays, it doesn't matter. But here's the thing. Here's, here, here's an important question for Tom. Thomas, at what point? Because if Trump says these things, like you say, well, upon re-election, the floodgates open for investment. Okay, because Trump's on on board. When is the big time entrance when the Calvies of the world get bought up by, you know, R.J. Reynolds? I know they're already prepared with packaging, right, Tom? Well, yeah, when the coal memo gets rescinded and they deschedule it from from a, a schedule one drug, uh, that's the green light for bankability and for major investment by companies, which, by the way, companies are investing right now. Um, Constellation brands pumped $5 billion, with a B, $5 billion uh, into Aurora Cannabis. Wow. Uh, I'm sorry, Canopy Growth. Into Canopy Growth, $5 billion investment in Canopy. Um, so you're seeing major investments starting to happen in Canada, where it is legal, uh, but you're going to see it in the United States. And kind of back to our original discussion, it's a chance for the average guy to get in ahead of major industry corporations, banks. Um, and one of the one of the great ways for them to do it, if, if you don't want to do a lot of homework, is there's a couple of ETFs out there, electronically traded funds. Um, MJ is one of mm-hmm. them. So you're basically buying a, a basket of cannabis companies or related companies that are managed by a professional group. So is this the ultimate penny? Is this the ultimate penny stock, Tom? You know, it's kind of that theory. Uh, a lot of it's interesting you say that. A lot of these stocks were literally trading below a dollar um, six months, a year, two, three years ago. I mean, some of these majors trading at twenty-two dollars were trading at twenty-one cents three years ago. Yeah, there's a famous quote from Woody Allen in a movie where he wrote, "I who had the foresight to buy, you know, uh, Xerox at four and a half, and." Then, so look at all the people like you, Tom, smart guys that bought, you know, 
Google and bought, uh, you know, the, the tech chip stocks and, you know. Well, now we know your ahead portfolio. Of, ahead of the curve. Ahead of the curve. <laughs> now we know your portfolio, Tom. Thanks. <laughs> uh, well, listen, zip it up. And I, I, I put the time in to buy the individual stocks, but the uh, the MJ ETF is a nice way to uh, experience the gains or losses, uh-huh. or, but the gains. Uh, now, now the listeners should keep in mind this is a one year, three year, five year plan. This mm-hmm. isn't you buy it in one month and the yeah. next month you're ca- cashing out ten x. This is a hold, and you have to let this industry develop, mm-hmm. but. You're not going to get in in a good price if you wait until after certain things take place. Uh, but, but, you know, I got to say, uh, I'm going to end this uh, really quick thing. And then, Jerry, uh, G-Man, I want you to throw throw it down and we'll go into the next part of the show. But the thing that I would say that concerns me, and I'm going to use my mechanical bulls as an analogy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the Mechanical Bull Association, and we were doing it for quite some time, and I was making quite a lot of money. I'm talking six figures a mechanical bull. Now, they cost $25,000 each, and the insurance is $18,000 per bull. But here's the thing. The thing is, is that a mechanical bull would rent for about seven years ago for about sixteen hundred to two thousand dollars for four hours, and that setup tear down the whole thing because we had to pay for insurance and so on. Now, on this date, right now, I can tell you that you can find a mechanical bull for probably two hundred to two fifty for the same four hours. Now. Here's why. Because they came in with cheap garbage mechanical bulls and no one cared. And they basically large, here it goes, large corporations and the party planners. And they came in and they put in kids in polo shirts, 16 years old, throwing the people around, didn't care. Very little, very little oversight. And now uh, the industry won't give the insurance to the real people that run the mechanical bulls with the safety. They give it to the cheap people. And what happens is they they lower the rate down to $250. So I say to you, with uh, R.J. Reynolds and all the other people going to be able to, you know, the coal thing you're talking about, I think that the small uh, the, the business person you're talking about that got the license at the beginning, I don't know if it's going to be able to withstand that when this thing is uh, located next to the Starbucks on every corner with big business, if those little people are going to be able to stay in business, like I am no longer doing the mechanical bull business because I can't do it for $250. They can, I can't. Well, that, that's a terrific point, and I have to respond to that. Um, you're right, and that would see. Then that's a good analogy. However, the reason it's not the correct analogy is this: the footprint is being created by the little guys right now. They're building the infrastructure, they're creating the stores, they're getting the licenses, which is very laborious, very very time consuming and expensive. They're putting in all the work to to, to build it. These big companies aren't going to start from scratch and try to figure it out. What's going to happen is there's going to be a mass consolidation and a mass acquisition where they just start buying the available infrastructure. Uh, Of course. That's what we did with bulls. And I get it. But I I will tell you that there will be places that will take their their structures and they'll put them in and they will put the small people out of business. I mean, come on. I got more boxes from Amazon Prime than that I could start a a freaking condominium building service out of cardboard boxes because all of the stuff that comes to my house that normally should be bought by my local retailer, but my wife thinks it's more convenient. So I get what you're saying, but I don't totally agree with you. What's that? Well, look at how, I mean, you know, well, if yeah, it was unlicensed and, and unregulated, you'd be entirely correct. 
But the fact that licenses are the Willy Wonka gold ticket. I hear you. These big corporations can't just step in and bully a town or a state and saying, we want them, we want them. There's a difference. Yeah. There's a difference. Okay. And, and and so they're going to be more inclined to say, well, I'm just going to buy your operation. I I'm got just you. going to buy this I company. Yeah, I'm going to buy the operation. I'm going to buy the licenses. And now I'm in business yesterday. Yeah. G-Man? Yeah, a couple points. You know, look what Home Depot did to the local hardware store, for example. Look what Amazon's done to a million businesses, put them out of business. So, you know, the, we're, we're in a... We're in a um, a cultural and an economic revolution right now, and people that don't see it coming uh, better take their blinders off. You're right, and I think what Tommy said about uh, regulations is the most valid point, I think, of the whole conversation for me. So, G-Man... That's what uh, keeps it real, Will. That, that, that makes it real. Well, and we all know that regulations and, and policies can't be changed by Washington. Okay. Let me let me sign up with Tom and ask Tom something. Are you interested, Tom? I'd like to bring you back in the future as this develops over the like five year plan, you know, and it's periodically bring you on when you're available to discuss updates, updates to what's going on. What's the straight skinny today? Not last week, not last month, not last year. What's the straight skinny now? Well, I always love being on with you and Will, and the answer is yes, absolutely. Thank you very much. Good. I'll get that in blood. Well, Tom, it's very it's very insightful for our listeners to hear what the straight skinny on on that cannabis is. Uh, so when you call your broker and he says buy gold, you say no, I want to buy pot, <laughs> not to smoke it, to invest in it. Well, the problem is right now they're going to say we're not buying for you. It, it's hard to buy through U.S. brokers right now. Good Again, why the average show gets a shot. Fidelity is one of the companies that you can buy through. Open an online account. So maybe a year from now we're having a further conversation, and, and that's fait complete. Well, a year from now will be a long time. Uh, a lot will have changed. Maybe we need to make it more frequent than that. Oh, we will. We will. We will. My, uh, my arch enemy, yes. <laughs> so, Will, let, let me throw this out, and it's a whole other segment, a whole other time. But uh, the G-Man has been doing a lot of research, incredible research, into time traveling and time traveler. Ooh. That's a whole nother segment. Uh, but once you really slow down and start to think about it, why wouldn't a time traveler come back? How can you discount future science? All I have it's to say to you, conundrum. all I want to say to you, my friend, is, is that how you think that smoking weed and time traveling doesn't relate is beyond me. <laughs> well, Will Will can speak from recent personal. Yeah, that's right. I swear to God, I was somewhere else. <laughs> I imagine Will in Las Vegas talking to a cactus. All right, Tom. It's always great, brother. Adios, gentlemen. All right, G Man. Let's take a small break, folks. You're listening to the Straight Skinny with the G Man. We'll be right back. I'm Will Roberts, and this is the Daily Scream. Ah. Here we go. Now, recently I was speaking to folks in Colorado and then politicians in Washington, D.C. The folks in Washington didn't laugh much at my jokes, and the jokes were about them. Now, the folks in Colorado, they heard the same jokes, and they were hysterical with laughter. Now, I'm not sure if this is because Coloradans think that jokes about politicians are funny or that Washington politicians need to laugh more at themselves like we do. Then I picked up a Colorado newspaper and read this. 
A recent study determined that drivers under the influence of marijuana are at a major high in Colorado. <laughs> major high. <laughs> Makes you wonder if the people that did the study were high themselves. Now, I don't care if a person is high. I mean, as long as it's not my doctor. Unless I guess their name is Dr. Feelgood. <laughs> at least now I know to stick to doing my humor in Colorado. As long as I don't drive there. <laughs> All right, Rod's in the wings coming into the room here. Rod, good morning. How you doing, G? Good, Rod. I met Rod real quickly for the audience. I met Rod at an actors networking event in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We have bi-monthly. It's a great place for writers, producers, directors, casting agents, wannabes, people in general who are fringe players and main players to congregate and network. Met Rod, interesting guy. Rod, do me a favor. Just give the audience... A little bio, and then we'll go into detail. Um, originally, I'm from New Zealand, which you know is stuck down there in the South Pacific, arguably the most remote country on the planet. Uh, when I finished college, I ended up uh, heading to London to work in investment banking for about a decade. And I used to take uh, every year, I'd take about three months off, and I would go and cross a continent, you know, a truck to cross Africa. Once with uh, with a dozen uh, dozen females on a truck, which is uh, another story. Uh, went through <laughs> South America. <laughs> As you can imagine, that uh, like that has its ups and downs, literally. Um, and I went through South America with six buddies. Uh, again, another you know great trip up into the Andes and then down the Amazon, and we ended up in uh, um, in Rio on Copacabana Beach for New Year's on the Millennium 2000, which was a very interesting time. Uh, another year, I uh, went through the Middle East and then around Europe um, the year after that. And then one year, I ended up actually riding a Harley Davidson across North America for three months and zigzagged all over the place, um, including up into Canada. And then... I ended up going to a thing called the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, which oh, yeah. you guys, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's quite famous. Um, about half a million Harleys roll into this little town in the middle of nowhere in South Dakota, uh, and basically everyone parties for about 10 days, and you get everyone from, you know, Tom Petty used to go, obviously, back when he was alive, uh, ZZ Top, you know, George Thorogood, all these great, um, iconic American bands. Um, and some of these bars would only open for like the 10 days and they'd make millions of dollars. And it was just, uh, an amazing time. Um, you know, Harleys and, and woman, and it was basically about bikes and boobs and beer really. Uh, so that was a great time. But then I met uh, a woman that was modeling for Harley Davidson. She was Miss Sturgis Harley Davidson at the rally. We ended up having a kid, uh, getting married in Las Vegas as you do. Wow. Um, and of course, you know the marriage in Vegas is uh, aren't really worth the paper they're written on, <laughs> as you can imagine. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, and Reno's Reno's not far away, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it was a, you know, and I even tried to get Elvis in on the uh, in on the act, but uh, she wouldn't go that far. She agreed on the little white chapel on the old strip, but not not Elvis. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a huge room. Elvis fan, you know. Um, yeah, he left the room. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> So anyway, that's uh, and then so I ended up moving uh, when we got divorced. My daughter, we had, and obviously I wanted to be close to her, so I moved to America um, to be a part of her life. And hence, you know, I ended up um, 
essentially ended up ski instructing in Colorado for a while, for about four years, which was a complete change from the investment world. And then I moved to Los Angeles uh, for a woman, which is, you know, often a reason why people move. Um, and that relationship didn't last very long. But, you know, we ended up going to this party, just to give you a bit of detail on that, we ended up going to this party of one of her clients on this yacht. And at, at some stage during the evening, I decided to go down and, and use the restroom. And so I went downstairs and I opened this door and uh, here was a room full of naked people having an orgy. And I'm like, wow, this is <laughs> interesting yacht to be on. So anyway, I closed that door and opened the next door and there was, uh, there was um, a room full of people doing all the different kind of drugs that you can imagine. And so I'm thinking, I'm like... Uh, What's behind door number three? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really. Well, I felt felt a bit like uh, Forrest Gump, you know, opening the box of chocolates and uh, wasn't sure what was going to happen next. But anyway, at about three o'clock in the morning, my ex, I didn't realize, but she used to have a cocaine addict, uh, addiction. Oh, wow. And yeah, and so at about three o'clock in the morning, I had to, unbeknownst to me, she'd been doing cocaine and um, I had to rush her to the hospital because she was having essentially a heart attack and uh, palpitations and all this kind of thing. Um, so that was kind of the end of that relationship. But being in Los Angeles, I, uh, I decided to stay and, uh, I'd always had a fascination with the, with the acting and, and the movie industry. And I had friends in it and they asked me to come along to, to work on some productions. And I kind of, I, I shifted into that, um, arena and wow. it's, uh, let me, let me, let me, let me jump in for a quick question. Cause you just prompted something in my, my silly brain here. Yeah. Um, you know, it, at what point, you told me this story last night, at what point did you say, hey, you know what, um, I'd like to try something different in life here, because you're, you're an adventurer, so why did you decide about acting, and what prompted that? You told me the story, but tell the audience. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'd i always been fascinated by it. I think a lot of people are, because even though I grew up in New Zealand, which is, is a long way from anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're inundated with the Hollywood movie uh, industry, you know, like we grew up on basically British and American television. And, you know, as I was a kid, you know, I'd watch Clint Eastwood and John Wayne riding across the screen and, and they were like the coolest guys, you know, you'd ever seen when you were growing up and, and bumfuck, you know, New Zealand. Um, so, <laughs> whoops, whoops. Well, let, me, let, me, let me take that out whoops. of the show. <laughs> bleep, bleep. Okay. Uh, a seven second delay here, Will. Mm, yeah, I'm it. Call the editor. Go on. Okay. Is this supposed to be X-rated? Am I not supposed to swear? Is that the problem? Yeah. No. FCC might give him a nice the five thousand uh, dollar thing if you do. Okay. That's all right. Okay. I'll edit it out. Uh, well, I'm used to listening to my daughter's music, and and every single word is a freaking expletive. You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I just became fascinated, and then uh, and what happened when I was in London once? I, I actually uh, um, a friend of mine called me up, and he said he wanted me. He wanted a essentially he wanted a, a suit, um, a guy wearing a suit, you know, a, a business guy, to come down for a scene he was shooting with um, Ray Winston in a movie. And I don't know if you guys know Ray Winston, but he's a he's a famous British actor. He usually plays a tough guy. He was uh, um, Jack Nicholson's driver in The Departed. Um, the guy who ended up shooting himself in the head when his car caught fire, you know, and he was trapped in the car. Um, don't know if you remember that scene, but anyway, I ended up on the set with him and I had this great scene where I had to buy these flowers for this beautiful lady and then give her a kiss. And I'm thinking, wow, this is a, 
this is a fantastic job. You know? <laughs> is, this art, is this life imitating art or art imitating life? I'm not sure. I'm, yeah, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. It was uh, anyway. I'm thinking this is fantastic and 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 um, and fun and and it's interesting. And you meet a lot of fascinating people who who you know from the directors to the producers mm-hmm. to the the writers and the, and the actors and all that and and they're all dreamers and schemers and they're, and they're chasing something that is inspiring to them, which, which to me, you know, I, I grown up playing guitar and in bands and stuff. And, and I always loved the artistic side of life and I never really pursued it. I got caught up in that, um, you know, corporate world. And, and a part of me always felt like I was missing out and that I wasn't really doing the things that I really um, was inspired by. So, you know, hence when I had the opportunity in life, um, it, it, uh, I just kind of grabbed it and got into that. And I ended up working on a lot of movies and a lot of TV shows in L.A. Um, I didn't achieve any success uh, of a high level, but I was just, you know, it was great to be around that and involved in all the different things. I was doing a few stunts. I was doing some acting. I was doing some background. I was doing some writing, production, you know, all that wonderful stuff. And I was on things like Sons of Anarchy and, and um, in a black three, I did some um, stuff on that, and I was in, um, you know, in Django Unchained. Uh, Tarantino asked me to play the um, the hangman in the in the scene, a couple of scenes, with Jamie Fox and Chris Waltz come in, and and that was fascinating in itself to work around such talented people. Um, even you know, just doing the little bits that I was doing, and it fascinated me uh, no end. You know, as you can imagine. Let me ask, let me ask you a question. Let me jump in with a question. Do you personally yeah. know Hugh Jackman? I've never met him. No, I haven't. Uh, I met a lot of famous people while I was in Hollywood, from you know, like the Al Pacinos to the Matt Damons and so on. Uh, but I never met Hugh Jackman. Okay, how do New Zealanders feel about Australians? <laughs> oh, we absolutely hate them. We absolutely hate them. <laughs> it's like the. Well, it's like the con- well, how many countries call men and women mates? And we can talk here, and FCC won't notice it because they don't speak the foreign language. Of what does it mean to root a Sheila in the dunny? By the way. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's code for exactly what you think it, it's going to mean. Yeah. And what what the what the hell is a Vegemite sandwich? That is that is something that you have to develop a taste for. And yeah, you know you know that uh, yeah McDonald's right. Yeah, and it's a fantastic thing a Vegemite sandwich. But you got to have the acquired taste. It's like a fine wine. You know, it takes years <laughs> to develop. Now, in the, in the far off region, the most desolate place in the world, New Zealand, I understand their immigration policies. I, I researched this, yeah. and this is what I was told: to come to New Zealand, you must have you must invest at least seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. You must prove to the New Zealand people, the government, the government, that you can sustain an income of sixty thousand a year. Or I'm not even going to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah, they're and pretty when, that, and when that and when that guy from was it NBC, the guy uh, on the Today Show got fired. Matt, it turned yep. out he owned a huge property in New Zealand, and the government can say to him, "Your morals aren't good. You got to go." <laughs> yeah, well, there's a there has been a, I mean there has been quite a, a movement towards buying property down there, especially by um, the Chinese and the Americans. There's people like uh, James Cameron. He owns a, a vineyard down there where I grew up. Um, and you know, there's a lot of Wall Street guys apparently that have bought property down there just in case you know World War Three goes off. They want to head to New Zealand, which is far away from everything, um, and probably least likely yeah. to be inundated with radiation. They're not going to nuke New Zealand now. 
No, because we're we're the friendliest people in the world, and and you know everybody loves us, so no one's going to blow us up. Any koala bears on uh, in New Zealand? No, but I wish there was because they're the cutest thing. <laughs> they, they sleep. They I do. They sleep like twenty three and a half hours. Of, they sleep more than my cat here. <laughs> that sounds like reminds an actor. Me, that sounds like an actor. But yeah, it reminds me of my daughter as well. You know, <laughs> when she's not how on do, how, media, how do, she's acting. Well, you mentioned John Wayne and Clint Eastwood as your role models when you were growing up. But how do foreigners, yeah. like in New Zealand, that part of the world, because it's far from here, many hours on a plane, how do they view what's going on with our chaos in Los Estados Unidos? And uh, can you translate that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Can you speak English? You're in America now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the second language in America ain't Chinese yet. Yet. Mm-hmm. No, it isn't. Um, it might be soon though. We just, we just owe them a lot of money, so we can't call. If we if we break their chops too much, they're going to call on the loan and send Guido and Vinny to collect. <laughs> well, and I think they own like what is that six or eight percent of the stock market or something. It's quite a large amount. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk for a moment because you you skip you skip this in your bio. Your military experience. New Zealand is a protectorate, I guess, of uh, England, a colony. You're colonialized. Yeah. Yeah, we are. And uh, I actually, when I went to London, I, the reason I could live in England easily was because my grandmother was uh, Welsh, although she claimed she was English because she didn't want to be Welsh, but she was actually Welsh. Um, you know, the her, and, yeah, her, her and Tom Jones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he, you know, they're about the only good people, um, and Anthony Hopkins as well, to come out of uh, Wales. But um, let, oh, let me interject. I have to interject. The uh, famous quote I love by Sir Anthony Hopkins is this. I am who I am. I don't care what they say about me. I don't care what they write about me. I don't care what they think about me. I am who I am. I do what I do. Life has been easy traveling this path. I just want to be famous. He is. Wow. Wow. That's a big one on a t-shirt. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> that's right. It's a lot of words. Well, I met him once in a, uh, at the premiere of one of his movies and, um, He's a talker. He really likes – he's a super nice guy, but he really loves talking. And so, you know, you can uh, – he's more than happy to stand around and, and yeah, chin wag for a while. Yeah, you get to listen. Hey, yeah, G-Man, exactly. G-Man, wrap it up. Uh, you're at your time. Well, you know, we just scratched the surface with uh, you jacking you jack his cousin here, Rod. Um, so – the better looking and more talented uh, cousin yeah. of nice. you jacking. Yeah. 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 Yes, yes. <laughs> Well, you know, he, in, in the early days of Hollywood, real quickly, in the early days of Hollywood, you had to be a song and dance man first, then an actor. Hugh Jackman was an actor first, then he went to Broadway, became a song and dance man. Just like David Bowie won uh, a thing on Broadway called the Tony for the man who fell to earth. You can cross over other barriers, gentlemen. Yes. And uh, I think that's what might, makes life uh, more interesting. Because, you know, there's lots of fascinating parts to life. And if you don't experience them all, then you're missing out, in my opinion. Yeah, well, naysayers who say that can't be done, I always say, well, maybe you can't do it, but I have a, a legal right to try. Yeah. And, you know, the old-fashioned way was you had a career from, you know, basically cradle to grave almost. And um, But these days, with the way the world is, you know, you can move around easily. Uh, you can change careers because people are multi-talented. And when I meet people... Every day, I meet people that have a lot of talents that they've never even disclosed 
And, um, you know, it's fascinating that, uh, you know, what the humans can do. Yeah, we're going to have, we're going to have, uh, ride back in the future. I hope you'll come back, ride and tell us more boring stories about your life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm more than happy to bore hey, people hey, with hey, stories hey, about myself. Hey, yeah, hey, well, let me apologize for bringing such a boring guest on. Now, here's the deal. The next time he comes back, I want to hear about the six guys pillaging and plundering through South Africa for half an hour. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, there's lots of good stories there. But, but those, sto- those, stories are, uh, those stories are kind of X-rated. I'm not sure if the show is, uh, is up for that kind. Well, just don't drop any F-bombs yeah, next really. time, Brad. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, brother. All right, guys. Uh, great talking to you. All right, G-Man, another break, and then when we come back, we'll we'll hit your closing comments. Folks, you're listening to The Straight Skinny with the G-Man. I'm Will Roberts, and this is The Daily Scream. Ah, here we go. Okay, so this headline should make most of you cock your head in disbelief. Here it is. China unveils the first large passenger plane. Whoa, Let's back up. Please raise your hand if you folks out there have had anything of quality in the past 50 years that has had the label on it, made in China. Um, Chinese food does not qualify. Now, I don't mean to pick on the folks over in China, but come on, China. Your track record of quality products is as bad as our politicians getting anything done policy, which is they collect the money, but understand that it's sold as is and no refunds. Let's just say the lemon law is not something you live by. Plus, you folks have a little problem with lead. I mean, if you were strictly in the business of manufacturing pencils, you'd be set. However, you'd be broke, because I haven't seen a pencil in years. I just don't get how you think anyone would buy, trust, an airplane that was made from you folks. Number one, it would most likely fall apart in midair. Number two, if you could get it in the air knowing how much lead it was made out of. China, I have two suggestions for you. Number one, make your airline logo a parachute. That way folks feel a little safer. Oh, and stick one under each seat as a precaution. And number two, call your plane fleet Maiden. Made in the USA. Because if you don't make a quality product, you might as well trick them in believing that it came from a quality place. Okay, the straight skinny's uh, paradigm is very simple. To find the unvarnished naked truth somewhere out in this vast world of information where we're just overdosing every day, just throwing the world at us. And so how do you find, how do you parse all the noise to the, to the core? So you have to go beyond spin and recognize why the spin is spinning at you and what their agenda is. Hopefully on the straight skinny, you find the common ground. And as they keep saying in the media now, the common sense of life. So, Coming attractions. Uh, if you want to, if you like the show, if you like the interesting people we talked to today, come back next week. Uh, I will be doing some research into time travel to discuss next week, and we'll have some other personalities. We'll have uh, uh, my casting agent, G-Man. Uh, I do some acting here and there. I like Will does uh, occasionally, and so uh, we're going to have my casting agent on and uh, some other people, budding stars, etc. But the, the gist of the the gist of the whole thing, really, is the recurring theme of the straight skin, which is that out of chaos, hopefully comes order. And the only way to accomplish order is to have conversation and compromise. 
We cannot be split down the middle. Lincoln famously said, and he knew this 150 years, 60 years ago. He knew this in his heart of hearts. Why he's a great president. You can please all the people some of the time. And some of the people all the time. But realize you're not going to please all the people all the time. He knew this. So the divisions can only be bridged. We can only build a bridge through conversation. Not getting carpal finger, finger syndrome where these teenagers every day are, are texting 150 times to people across the table. Please. Please, people, talk. Don't make assumptions about everybody. Ask questions and get to the straight skinny about that person. You meet a stranger in a, in a strange place or, or a familiar place. And you, they, as they walk up, you're making assumptions. Stop. Say, hi, I'm Jerry. They call me G. What's your name? Engage in conversation. You'll find the straight skinny in talk, not in texting. Now, the first day you're born, they cut that umbilical cord occasionally cut the social media cord and talk. Don't text, blot out the noise and have a conversation. You'll learn a lot. Use the 80-20 plan, listen 80%, talk 20. Act and react, respond, listen. Get back to traditional conversation. You learned as a child. All right, Will, I mean, I can't think of anything else to add except we hope we are a shining light out here somewhere in the chaos, in the storm. We want to be the eye in the hurricane. We want to be a voice, the common man's voice, not the Harvard-educated voice, not that spin, not mass media. We want to be just another guy on the street talking to another guy saying, hey, what's the straight skinny today, brother? What do you think? You know, quotes are great because they sum up a lot of a lot of words in a few words. So I'll say this. They say the pen is mightier than the sword. I say the spoken word, the tongue and the brain together are mightier than the sword and the pen together. So I say goodbye and hope you return to listen to the straight skinny. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Straight Skinny with The G-Man. For more information on the show and The G-Man, go to jerrythegman.com. That's jerry, J-E-R-R-Y, the G-Man.com. 